Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what's poppin'? Fresh back from a trip to Boise, Idaho. Because you the ho. You the ho. What you talking about? I know. That what was you a joke. talking about, Willis? You the ho. Idaho. Potatoes. Boise State, the blue field, the Smurf uniforms. What'd you do out there? Went and saw a football game. Who, Got you, to watch UCF. They yes, lost, bro. They didn't, they, bro. They, they didn't? No. They threw up over 600 yards of offense. They had a trouble getting into the end zone. Shout out Jared Zabransky, cover athlete of NCAA something, just because of the Statue of Liberty play with none other than Doug Hamster. What was his name? Doug Martin. Wow. I know my You shit. remember that. That's from your sh- EA days, yeah. huh? I, I know football. I just act dumb. Okay. Very good. Yeah, no, we went out there. My wife went out there. My daughter went out there. My best friend, his family, uh, hung out with Travis Dyson. Shout out to Travis. He's a fellow CMB. Uh, he and his wife, Tiffany, came out and met us. Um, what a gorgeous part of the country. Yeah, I know. Like eight hours away from Seattle by car. I think 30 minutes away from the Oregon border. That's Four hours to get to uh, best Yellowstone. Kept, best kept secret. I don't know if it's much of a secret. It's one of the fastest growing cities in America. They call it the Gym State. Gym? Like G-Y-M? Like G-E-M. Like gemstones. Mm, and sense. it's definitely a gym of a city. But um You heard you said the people out there are nice. People are super nice. Because you said they're just getting Wi-Fi out there now. So that's You're going to a football game, like, oh gosh, guys, best of luck to you. Hope the boys have fun. Do they have an accent? What's I have a, no idea. No, I had an accent. I had an accent right there just doing it. No, it was a phenomenal time. Lots of breweries, gorgeous weather. Uh, they have a, uh, the, the river flowing right through it. What's the demographic? Young people, older people? Cans, I don't know. Half Karen. of California now lives there. Really? Like the Californians who didn't go to Austin, they all went to Boise. Mm-hmm. And it's Boise, B-O-Y-S-E-E. That's how it's pronounced. It's not Boise. It's Boise. Like Boise. Boise, Idaho. Yep, so had a great time. Yes, my team came out victorious. It was a close game. Colton, boom, or dropped a bomb. Uh, Last minute, two seconds to go. Hits a field goal. We win. Game over. It should not have been that close, but it did. It was. It was that close, but we did win. Well, as as a level 12 booster, Dustin, I'm sure you have plenty of opportunities to provide your feedback on how the coaching staff can improve. on Uh, Could you believe I allegedly may have been sitting close to the field, and when the game wasn't going my way, I allegedly possibly would have yelled at at the AD, like, Terry, what the hell's going on, bro? Did he look back at you? He shrugged his shoulders, dropped his head, and started pacing, which is what I would have been doing if I was in his shoes because – the outcome of the game wasn't going our way. Not that he could do anything about it. Not that my negativity would do anything about what do you mean? it. But he could just inject more money into the school. Better work that transfer portal. It doesn't work that way when you're in the middle of the game. You do that like just Antonio Brown and get rid of players on the field. Third down, get out. I don't give a <laughs> shit. You're off my team. I don't give a damn. Bring a new guy in. Oh, uh, good times. Good times. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not good times. I don't know. Lawsuits. Lawsuits are never, ever fun. Even when you're the one doing the suing, they're not fun. They're really? timely. They're costly. There's no guarantees. You only pay if you and win. And they're stressful. You only pay if you win. <laughs> <laughs> if we win, you only pay, right? That's, what the, that's how it goes? Um, certain lawsuits, yeah. If you work for like a personal injury attorney and you're trying to sue over slip and fall, call, really? Really? Yeah, yeah. dog bite. 
Cow. Yeah, we get a lot of those. And if you just drive down I-4, you can't miss them. Yes. Or really anywhere in Florida, yeah, to be so honest Yeah, so no, these are like large class action suits. These are like For what? really rough ones. Well, there's three right now where consumers, let's think homeowners who listed and sold their home, who in order to market and advertise their home, they put it into the multiple listing service, the MLS. MLS. Which there really isn't much of a competition for. I'm sure there's going to be some people that raise their hands like, well, there's there's other services, yes, but whatever service it is, if you're in a certain market, that's the one that every real estate agent uses. And that's the one that Zillow and Redfin and Realtor.com API into. And that's how when you do an internet search for homes for sale, it all kind of comes through this one service. And if I'm listing my home and I'm using a real a licensed real estate agent, let's say a realtor, and I want my home to be in this uh, database of homes for sale that are searchable, then I'm basically putting it into like a multiple listing service. Mm -hmm. Well, somewhere along the way, someone didn't like the fact, and by the way, real estate has worked this way for century, decades, like 100 plus years. This is kind of how it's always worked. But the way that it's always worked and what's currently being threatened to be disrupted is the way it currently works, John, is you go to list your house, you sit down with a realtor, unless you're going to sell it by, by... Fizbo. Yeah, for sale by owner. Then sure, you can try to put a sign in the yard, put an ad in the newspaper if you really want to date yourself, put it up on Facebook Marketplace if you want to be a little bit more like current. Sure, you can try to sell your, your, your home on your own. You can go to Office Depot or one of those type stores and you can buy a contract, fill in the blank, look oh, it up sure. on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, you 100% okay. can do that. Most people don't. Most people use a licensed real estate agent or a realtor. And nonetheless, the way that's always worked is if I wanted my listing to be in that system, I had to agree to pay a certain commission. And of that commission, 6%, 5%, 4%, whatever I negotiated, which by the way, it doesn't have to be 6%, but whatever, it could be 7%, right? Maybe you need to pay a little bit more to get the right service for your particular property but let's just use the rule of thumb was always 6% is what you paid. Then typically 3% would go to the person who brought the buyer. We call them the buyer's agent and 3% would go to the listing agent. Mm -hmm. So I, as the seller agreed to pay 6% and then it had to be marketed and advertised a certain way within that MLS multiple listing service, at which point it was just guaranteed that whoever brought the buyer would get X in commission regardless of how much work or value I as the seller felt like they brought to the transaction, that is just what I had to agree to. And you have to understand before I talk about these lawsuits, there's really isn't much competition for the multiple listing service, right? Think about if I wanted to go buy some brand new cleats, there's probably three or four different retail stores I can go to plus a whole bunch of online stores. And then when it comes to the brand I want, well, I can buy Under Armour, I can buy Adidas. I would never do that, but I could. I could buy Nike, probably the direction I'm going to go, plus all the other knockoff unbrands that I'm not that familiar with. I can go purchase their cleats. When it comes to listing my home for sale, there's really not multiple, multiple listing services. Mm -hmm. There's just the one that my market uses, at which point if I want to play that game, I have to play by the rules that are written by them, which their rules are, I'm going to agree to pay a certain commission up front when I sign that listing agreement with my agent who's representing me. And a portion of that commission is going to have to go to whoever's representing the buyer. All of that is predetermined and pre-negotiated. Well, a few individuals and a whole bunch of attorneys got together and they said, you know what? That's not right. We're going to sue you. 
we're going to sue NAR, National Association of Realtors. We're going to sue these particular brokerages. We're going to sue these particular multiple listing services. And it, and by the way, MLS, I think, is a brand name, kind of like Vaseline like is Kleenex, a brand name. Like Kleenex. like Kleenex is a brand name. All right, so but, yeah. but there's others that, that are similar to MLS oh, okay. that offer the same type of database, housing, marketability of properties for sale. So MLS is like a private entity. They're not like a government-run. No, okay. they are not government-run at all. Are no. they like a publicly traded thing? Like, I don't know. Stock? I, yeah, I don't know if any of them are publicly traded or maybe they're owned by a publicly traded parent. I haven't, gotcha. Yeah, okay. I'm not. I'm not that astute to the uh, background of the real estate industry, the behind the scenes. But basically, so, okay, gotcha. Yeah, but but all this is going on. So th this right now, there are three lawsuits that I believe all three have made class action status. That's like the big one, right? When you watch movies like Aaron Brockovich, those are typically class action or collective action lawsuits. It's a bunch of people getting together, putting their name behind one particular lawsuit saying, yep, I was wronged. Yep, I was financially damaged. Yep, this wasn't fair. I want, I want, I want my. Give me money. Well, I mean, a bit of money grab. <laughs> Typically only one person is getting paid. That's the attorneys. But, um, yeah. but it's, it's them saying, yeah, I was damaged and I want you to, to repay me for, for my, for my loss. Sounds Whatever. Like, that, my loss. Yeah, from my loss. Right? Yeah. Repay me for my loss. And what's really interesting is they're doing this under the Sherman Antitrust Act. Do you even guess Come what on. year? 19, guess what year? Nineteen sixty-four. You were wrong at nineteen. Two thousand four. You got colder, homie. Seventeen oh eight. I mean, the United States wasn't even formed until seventeen seventy-six, John. Shit. So I can't imagine there was a Supreme Court uh, or even a a court system <laughs> um, in place. Um, Go with an eighteen. Twenty eighteen. 1890. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1890. Open competition in a free market, then it is, is in violation, and uh, we should do something about it. Well, somewhere along the lines, one particular seller was like, "This isn't right. I don't like this." Talked to an attorney who said, "I agree with you." They got a bunch of other plaintiffs, and they all said, "Yeah, we too were not happy with the fact that we agreed to pay X amount of commission to sell our home, and of that X amount." A Y amount, a smaller amount, had to go to the buyer's agent. Was this really like people making this hissy fit, or was it like the you know you know attorneys being like, "Hey, I think you, you have an what? opportunity here to sue the shit out of the MLS. Come holler at me." Yeah, I have no idea. I've not sat down and had that conversation with the law firms or the plaintiffs themselves. God, I would welcome that opportunity to learn more. So people are suing the fact that they upload their house to an internet service and they're bitching about something? Well, what they're bitching about is that they don't think that they should have to pay any commission to the buyer's agent. And that's really what we have to dive deep into. Okay, let's go. What it. does the world look like mm -hmm. if we undid 100 years of precedent? Mm -hmm. Hey, kids, this is the way that we're going to do it. And it's like, nope, not anymore. Right? There goes Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. There goes the phone book. <laughs> right. There goes travel agencies. Mm -hmm. Do you want to continue? I think that was the top three right there. Okay, I'm yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. And it's going to be something that we all have to watch. Now, this could play out in seven months. It could play out over seven years. 
How long has this been in the works? This is, I'm sure this is something that I started hearing about with. this lawsuit at the beginning of this year. Right, beginning of this year. In fact, a friend of mine, shout out to Chris Wolf in Ormond Beach, Florida. Shout out Chris Wolf, top producers. <laughs> Mega producer <laughs> and another UCF fan. But yeah, Wolf had hit me up. He was like, Dio, what do you know about this? And I guess he had one of his agents reaching out to him saying, WTF, is this going to change the way that realtors operate? And the answer is maybe. It depends. Let's see. It's something we're going to want to watch. Like, what happens if all of a sudden you, John Coleman, are a buyer? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest benefits a home buyer has right now is that they don't, quote unquote, pay for representation. Meaning, when you as a realtor help me as a buyer go under contract, the seller has already agreed to pay X commission to me. That's my reward for bringing that buyer to you, the seller. Mm-hmm. This is what the lawsuit's all about. Well, one would argue, and I think rightfully argue, that, well, if the buyers aren't having to pay the realtor for the representation, that's more money that they can use towards down payment and closing costs. That's more buyers that we can attract because if you all of a sudden had to not only come up with your 3 to 5% down plus another 3 to 5% for closing costs plus another 1, 2, or 3% to pay for your realtor's commission, all of a sudden you're like, go, I ain't got that. Like I can come up with three three or three and a half percent down payment. I can get my dad to gift me the three and a half percent needed for closing costs. I can't come up with an extra five or ten grand commission to pay my realtor. So we could potentially have less home buyers. But this is what the lawsuit is basically alleging or what they're pushing for. Right, they're like, look, as a seller, I'm gonna call the agent, I'm gonna negotiate what I'm willing to pay that agent mm-hmm. to list my home. I'm not paying any Tom Dick or Harry, Mary, Catherine, or Susie for bringing the buyer my way. No, like if they want compensation, they they should get the compensation from the buyer. Do you think that people that this litigation is being brought because they really want like change and is for the, like the best of like the purchaser or is it just like a money grab? Do you think they really care about making positive change in the industry? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna act like I'm like Dak Prescott and I'm being interviewed and I didn't like that question. So I'm just going to talk about all the preparation that we have done, how the team is ready to go out there and uh, work hard and bring a win home for all of the Cowboys fans throughout the country. That's my answer. Yeah, I mean, you're asking me to speculate, John. You're like asking me to like put as words. Someone, in as my... someone who doesn't know, that's how that's what I hear. I hear people like, "Was anyone hurt? Did like did the bridge fall on people? No, no, no. People are just complaining about something." And to me, it just sounds like lawyers being lawyers. I mean. Is there an ulterior motive? Man, it wouldn't shock me if there was, you know, like, is there a benefit for the person who's suing that maybe they have some similar business model that now is going to be the way of the future? Mm. So it's less about them getting the money grab as it was the money grab is going to be when they take advantage of the laws changing and they're in position to take advantage of those of those new way of doing things. Yes, there's. Typically, I've found in life, there's always an ulterior motive. And that's like what, anything uh, altruistic. Is it really? Is it really? No. Like, are you really that altruistic, or were you trying to gain something in return mm-hmm. for yourself? Well, since you've been in this house, it's always been MLS, right? There hasn't been like I've enough, only known MLS, uh, and I've have learned there are other similar. So correct. So, like MLS doesn't have a hundred percent market share. It's like right? ninety some. Yeah, they may be in like these seventy-five markets, and there's a similar service in these thirteen mm-hmm. markets, and a similar one. But there aren't like three or four all competing for the same listings in the market of Charlotte or in the market of Dallas. There's one, right? There's one. If you want to list your house, you're going to put it in there. And when you put it in there, they're going to tell you that you're going to pay X in in commission in total, at which point 
Z goes to the listing agent, Y goes to the buyer. It doesn't have to be, based on my understanding and my experience, it doesn't have to be 50-50. I could choose to list my home for 5%, at which point my listing agent kept three and we gave two to the buyer's agent. Mm. Or I could have listed it for 1% to, to my listing agent and 3% to the buyer's agent, 4% total. Like all of that can be pre-negotiated, but whatever I state up front, I'm going to do, I have to do. Regardless if this particular agent who brought the buyer did a good job, whether or not they were easy to work with, it didn't matter. It was like already advertised, bring me a buyer, we'll pay you X in commission. And this is what's being argued as, as going against the Sherman Antitrust Act of 1890. It's like, no, you can't do that. You, it's going to be on the buyer to pay that commission. And it's funny to listen to people like argue back and forth because once one person would be like, well, you know, if the listing was only going to be at 3% because the seller was only going to be, be compensating the listing agent, then that's just more savings that can be passed to the buyer. Bullshit. Come on. I feel like that, 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 uh, that reel of that little kid that everyone's seen, he's sitting in the back of his car, his mom's driving, he's in like his little booster seat. He's like, bullshit, bullshit. You got to look it up if you haven't. It's on Instagram. It's probably way too old and uncool to be on TikTok. But it's definitely on, on Instagram. No way. Not in today's market. If I am a seller, I want top dollar for my house. Give me that. Period. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, if I would have sold it at, at, at 400 minus 6%, but now I'm only doing 3%, I guess I can drop the price down to $388,000 because that's 3% off and I'm still netting the same. No. If the home's going to sell for 400, I'm selling for 400. Whether I pay 6% commission or 3%, I want, I want that. So then you have to ask yourself, well, will, will homes sell for as much money if there's less buyers out there? Because now these millennials who are sitting on the sidelines already having a hard time affording homes, now their costs just went up by one, two, or 3%. Like that's another thought. Then this thought comes in, well, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, and VA, currently I can't finance in the cost of my realtor's commission. But if this changes, if these lawsuits ruined, are ruled in favor for the plaintiff and not the defendant, is that going to change the way that the Fannie Freddie underwriting guidelines and rules are written? Right now, let's say FHA allows the seller to contribute 6% towards the buyer's closing costs. VA just states it has to be standard and customary. Some people think, oh, the rule's 4%. No, it's not. 4% is for seller concessions. When it comes to contributions towards closing costs, it can be unlimited as long as it's common and customary for the marketplace. Um, conventional conforming has a sliding scale. Put this much money down, it's 3%. Put this much money down, it's 6%. Put even more money down, it's 9%, except for when it's an investment property, then you're stuck at 2%. But what happens if all of a sudden, the buyer's being asked to pay for their own agent's commission? At which point, maybe the only way to help a buyer get into a home is to have the seller pay the commission, but now it has to be negotiated. Right now, it's just understood because that's how it's listed in the MLS. But all of a sudden, if it's illegal to do that, now it's like, well, buyers must come represented and they have to pay for their buyer's agent's commission. But the buyer doesn't have enough money for down payment, closing costs, and commission. Could I maybe negotiate with the seller to cover my closing costs and my agent's commission? Well, what if combined those two numbers are more than 3% of the sales price? Now does Fannie and Freddie have to change what they deem allowable for seller paid commissions. 
or for, for seller paid closing costs. And then here's the big one. Here's the big one. What does this do to the LO realtor relationship? It burns it. I don't know. Does it? Probably. I've heard that, John. I've heard someone make that statement. Probably. That the minute the consumer has to pay out of their pocket for the realtor's commission, are they then less likely to go to the realtor first? Are they then more likely to go unrepresented, which that could be a bad thing. Like, why would you ever want to go unrepresented? Because I watched a YouTube video once. It, I mean, I, nothing, nothing in my life has been easier when I went at it alone. Like nothing has. No. There, and yes, um, it's not like the old days when I needed a realtor to actually see what were homes that were on the market. You are correct, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. The internet age allows me to look at homes that are that are for sale without the need of a realtor. But I have questions. And yes, I can look up some basic research online on, on homes. But at the same time, I have questions. I don't buy a, a house a month every single month. I may buy a house once every seven years. I need someone to help me navigate the process. I need someone to help me coordinate all of the steps mm -hmm. from my inspection to my walkthrough. Um, I need someone who hopefully has mastered negotiating, who has relationships in the market. We can leverage those relationships to get the best deal possible. Like I still need to be represented and I'm a firm believer in that. Look, I'm not a realtor, never, never have been. And I don't think I ever want to be, but I would tell you if I'm buying and selling a home, I'm going to use a realtor. I just am. I'm, I'm that way with most things that I'm going to do. I want to find an expert and I want to leverage a partnership with an expert to make sure I'm making the best decision that I have the smoothest transaction and that not when, but if that transaction goes sideways, it's you have not so if, but when, when things go sideways, I have an expert who's going to help me co-pilot this. Yeah. So for that reason, like I'm not, uh, I'm not telling anyone they should ever go unrepresented. I think you should go represented, but what if someone's trying to save a few thousand dollars and now they're going unrepresented? That's not good either. Question for you. So yes, go ahead. Like fast forward to like end of the year or something. Do you actually see this? Just use your gut feeling with no data to support it. Do you actually see this being like a disruptor in the marketplace? Could this really like have a ripple effect where like shit changes like in like by this time next year? No, I would see this. I'm taking a wild guess yeah. here, right? I'm shaking up the magic eight ball. I'm looking at it. And my magic eight ball says we don't really hear or smell anything until 2025. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, there's going to be appeals and. Look, NAR has so much money, and they're a part of this lawsuit. They're being sued, too. Like, Their oh, lobbying efforts are mm, through the roof. Let's just settle out of court for this. So they, there's going to be arguments made on both sides okay. of the aisle. It's pro-consumer. It's anti-consumer. Like, I just made arguments that it's anti-consumer. Literally, I made arguments that it'll, it'll be less people buy houses. It'll be people do buy houses, but now they're not being represented. So now the only person being represented is the seller because the seller's paying mm. for it. Right. Those are arguments that you should be making, like why that's harmful to the consumer. And then there's someone else standing, but the law is the law is the law and there's no competition. So then what does that mean? Do we need to introduce two other MLSs into each market? It's funny. We as lenders always get a little bit cantankerous when realtors are like, I like to give out three cards or I'm trained to give out three cards, but they don't do that with their own MLS system. They only have one. Right. Right. Like, come on now. We all know that three card uh, uh, statements, a hack and a joke. You can have one card that you, you have three lenders that you give out, but one card and then let, let your buyer know, look, there's a credit union in a bank on every corner and there's an online lender on, on every Google search. But this is the person that I think would do the best job for you that I recommend because they're going to be 
um, accountable to, to us. They're going to communicate to us, and they're going to make sure your offer gets accepted. So I, I find that a little bit funny that maybe that's what uh, transpires. Maybe the outcome is now there has to be multiple, multiple, multiple listing services in each market. Um, but it's something that loan officers and realtors and even consumers need to be aware of. Like this is happening all around you right now. It's playing out in the courts. We won't really have a say, but if it, if it goes even remotely to the way of the plaintiffs, it could absolutely uproot the way that this business has operated over the past century. And when I say this business, the business of buying and selling homes. You know what I heard? An opportunity. If you're looking to sell your home, list it with tloponline.com. Well, we're not even there yet, I know, John. but we'll figure it out. As oh, long, we will? Hey, if we get three or four listings on there, we'll figure it out. Just come list with us. I like that. I like where your head is going. That's typically not your role in this relationship, right? <laughs> you're, gonna, you're usually the cool guy. Yeah, just in the back. But now I'm like, hey, editing, come listen. What if yeah. we did? What if? What if? What if? I mean, look, here's what I do know. Sticking your head in sand has never been the, the best strategy. Mm -hmm. like, you have to have head on a swivel, eyes wide open, ears wide open. Constantly be witness or a witness to your surroundings. What's going on? What's happening in the news? And then there's an opportunity around every single corner. I mean, every market brings its own opportunity. It also brings its own challenge. So this is a challenge for many, but it's an opportunity for some. When I look at the mortgage landscape, it came out last week that there's been, this is the lowest amount of transactions that we've seen since like 1996. Holy shit. Yeah. What a phenomenal opportunity for those lenders who are out there making it happen who are out there networking, who are out there building relationships because you're doing it in one of the worst quote unquote markets that we've seen in three decades. Some people may see it as a negative others, nothing but an opportunity. That's what's transpiring with these three lawsuits. Yes. It's a massive headache, hurdle, panic point for a lot of people in the real estate market. That's, that's their industry for others. They're just going to like, look, I'm not the courts. I'm not the jury. I'm, I'm not the appellate court. I can't really say a whole lot. I can give my dues to NAR. I can go participate in various advocacy uh, sessions that NAR does. I can sign my petitions. I can maybe send an email to my congressman or my two senators. But other than that, whatever the rules is, the rules is. The rules is the rules is and the rules. I can either fight against them or learn how to play within them. I'm going to encourage those people to play within them. If you're a loan officer, you should be following this, A, because your realtors are hearing it and maybe they're scared. Maybe together you can come up with ways that you all will not let this negatively impact your future business, your future relationship. But at the same time, we just dropped an episode on whether or not y'all need to be lead generating on your own, going consumer direct with some of your ad approach. Maybe even the contents within that episode changes over the next nine to 18 months based on the outcome of suits like this. These are all things for us to be witnessing, to be following, and then figuring out where could this be painful, but where's the opportunity? What's the hurdle I have to overcome, but once I overcome it, what's going to be the benefit that I can gain? And just follow along. But I'm sure if you wanted to learn more about this, subscribe to Housing Wire. Right? Housing Wire is where I get most of my news from. Do you'll be contributing all the time. 
I, I have written for Housing Wire a couple times over the over the past year. I hope to write for them more next year, and I really anticipate going out and look forward to going out to their event in Arizona next year. Ooh. But yeah, if you're a member of of TLOP Online, we have discounts to Housing Wire. But if not, it's not that expensive, and you get five to seven articles daily emailed to you, and it keeps you in the know. If you want more information about this particular topic, go to Housing Wire right now. And the article is going to be up on their website. Or if you're already a member of Housing Wire, that means you're getting the emails. It's right in your inbox. Um, other things that you can look to do if you're looking to invest in your business, invest in becoming a better mortgage sales professional, y'all come join the TLOP community. Come join the movement. Yep, TLOPonline.com. We have three levels of membership. We have your basic membership. We have a premium membership. And we have a premium plus. Plus, plus, plus. And premium plus <laughs> is the best bang for your dollar. If you're not investing in your business with us, I ask that you invest in, in your business elsewhere, whether it's with a coaching company, whether it's in your marketing efforts, or whether it's attending conferences. This is your business. This is your career. This is your livelihood. Y'all need to take yourself serious and you need to invest in your future success. All we ask is if you love this show and you like what we're doing, check us out. We may be one of your better options, tloponline.com. Become a member today. Word. His name is John Coleman. My name is Dustin Owen. That is all the time we have for you today, but we do look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace.